Welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. My name is Melissa Sajad, and I'm tonight's co-host, an RA from Dhaka, Bangladesh and Istanbul, Turkey, studying business and technology management and serving as an RA in Clark Hall. And I'm Tom Ellett, the other co-host, and I serve as the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. Melissa, welcome to co-hosting the podcast. Thank you. Have you done this before? I have not. Ah, a new thing for your resume. Absolutely. I love it. So tell me what you want to do long term. At this point in time, you've got a long term to make that decision. Right. Well, I've actually been thinking more long term than short term. I aim to eventually be teaching within my own industry once I've gathered enough experience. Fantastic. Tell me what it's like to be an RA in Brooklyn. So we have a bit of a different experience compared to the traditional RA role. We get to interact with primarily engineering students and cater to their needs. And we have the advantage of having a smaller campus where we're much more intimate with one another. Great. What's it like to be an international student here at NYU and in New York City? Well, so I was born in the U.S., so I'm technically not an international Ah, student. Okay. But I am in the sense where I grew up abroad my entire life. That's what I thought. So I do consider myself to be an international student of sorts. Okay, okay. And do you try out the great cuisines of New York City very much? Absolutely. I think New York is a great melting pot in terms of cuisine and getting to try new experiences in general. Yeah. And you're involved extracurricularly outside of the RA position. Absolutely. I'm very involved in the Model United Nations Club here on campus. We're one of the biggest clubs on campus and we organize two conferences per year. And this year I got to serve as the director general for one of those conferences. And I happen to be the advisor to the group. So I think they're (laughs) a great group overall, for sure. Plans for the summer. So I'll be interning at WeWork this summer doing project management. And hopefully that'll shape my career aspirations a bit better. Great. Well, we have a great guest tonight. Who is our guest? Tonight, our guest is Zanti Ho, who served as an RA in Third North for Sarah Bleiberg Klein as CDE and Lisa Shell as the ACDE during the 2005 to 2007 academic years. Welcome, Zanti, and thank you for joining us on tonight's show. It's a real pleasure having you on. How are you and where are you? Hey, Melissa. Hey, Tom. I'm doing well. I am in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, so just across the river from you guys right now, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Santi, so good to hear your voice. One of the faves from uh, our, your time at Third North. I know we interacted a number of times. Tell me a little bit about what you've been doing since you've graduated from NYU. I graduated from NYU Stern with a degree in marketing and international business. Those were my co-majors. And since then, I've been working in the marketing industry. I worked on the brand side for about six, seven years before going back to grad school at Columbia, so uptown for my graduate degree, and then took that degree and started my own marketing agency and have been doing consulting work in the marketing space since then, so for about the last six seven years. And it's been a really fun and rewarding experience that I really credit my experiences at NYU for giving me the right skill set and information and knowledge to be able to have a really great career. Awesome. So let's just jump back to your time at Washington Square. What did you do in terms of extracurriculars here at NYU that helped you hone that skill set? 
Well, of course, I was an RA. In addition to being an RA, I was on the RA Council. I was in the Inter-Residence Hall Council. I was part of my residence hall student government group, both my freshman and sophomore years. And I was also an orientation leader. The interesting thing to me is that I was not that involved in student government prior to coming to NYU, but NYU really gave me a platform to explore my leadership skills and really leverage that in a lot of different ways. So I really participated all throughout all four years in these different experiences that let me uh, plan programming and interact with other students and advocate for my uh, fellow students. And it was a really good experience. So I think that the skills that I practice in all of those different roles has a lot to do with the work that I do now. I think that as a marketing consultant, as a consultant of any kind in the business space, you have to really focus on listening to other people, understanding what it is that they need, and being really responsive to the situations and being adaptable. And those are all skills that I was able to really practice in those extracurricular experiences. Sandy, you were really a, a real presence here at NYU as a student leader. What point in time did you know that the RA role was something that really had your name on it, especially, you know, after you just talked about those skills that you're using from the role. For sure. You know, the funny thing is that I remember when I was interviewing way back in the RA recruitment process and being asked that question. And the honest truth is on day one of moving into University Hall, which was my freshman hall, I met my RA. He was talking about why he became an RA, what he learned from the experience. And I knew right then that this was something that I wanted to be able to pursue. Now, I didn't know if it would happen for me, right? But I think that it really set my mind to a goal that I wanted to achieve during my years there. My RA, my freshman year was Sudar Fani. Shout out to Sudar. Such a smart, kind person. And I think that he demonstrated to me how impactful it can be to have a good RA. So it, it really solidified my desire to explore this as an option. And as you may know, if you're a listener, you probably have gone through this experience yourself. I think that the fact that there's so much training that goes into the RA selection process prior to you even being selected makes it easier for you to see if this is the right fit for you. So I didn't know if it was definitely going to be a fit, but I was glad it worked out for me. You're right. The rally process is definitely a rigorous one. And I'm glad that we have so many RA role models. I know that was the reason that I decided to become an RA as well. I just wanted to ask, what kind of relationships did you have with your residents when you were serving in the position? I think I was really lucky to have a really diverse group of students both of the years that I was an RA for freshmen at Third North. And I would say that it really depended on the individual student, but some of my students I'm still in touch with now and we remain in close contact, which is great. And I had some students who said to me at the end of their year, you were such a comforting presence in our daily lives. And I thought, oh, wow, I feel like we barely talked three times. So you never know exactly what that interaction is going to be like. I was also lucky to have two RA mentees in my second year as an RA who are still some of my closest friends from NYU, and we are still in close contact. And of course, I made lots of friends on my RA staff who I'm still in touch with. 
That's excellent. When you talk about team, let's talk a little bit about the NYU experience. I'm always curious now that you've kind of thought about it and you've gone to grad school at a different institution. Do you think that you missed out on anything as it relates to this wide open campus, uh, this laboratory of called Lower Manhattan as your as your campus, compared to colleagues and peers who went to what I call the bubble campus, where you have a gate around it and everything is there, you have the football team, you have all of those things. Do you ever regret any of that? Tom, it's a question that I've definitely thought about a little bit with my own students when I was an RA and also as a grad student at Columbia, which is a different kind of institution, even though it's still in and of New York, right? It's a little bit more of that closed campus that you were talking about. For me, NYU ended up being exactly the right choice. I feel like I happen to be the kind of personality that really thrived at NYU because NYU gave me this huge amount of choice. And I think that if you are the kind of person who wants to forge your own path, who wants to bring together many disparate experiences, NYU is great because you can find that, right? I could be in the business school, but my best friends were in Gallatin and Tisch. I could be a student leader, but I could also have experiences in all of these other clubs. I could minor in French, but I could still you know, focus on different business disciplines. All of those different experiences for me were what was really valuable about NYU. I think that there are many of my close friends who went to those more bubble campuses who talk about the camaraderie and really knowing all of your classmates. And certainly that is something that I didn't necessarily get as much of. One of my good friends now as I'm older is a business colleague that I met who studied the exact same majors as I did at NYU Stern, but is one year below me and we never met on campus. And That's really funny, right? Because she had the exact same two majors, marketing and international business. You would think we had would have every reason to meet, but we never did because it is just a place where you have so many people that you can always choose other experiences. So for me, I didn't necessarily get to know the people in my major or even at NYU Stern in a a really deep way. And that's something that I feel like I would have had a different experience had I gone to a different school. But I don't necessarily feel like I missed out because for me, it ended up being the best of the things that I wanted. That's great to hear. We like to hear that. That's awesome. So just transitioning from there, I just wanted to find out, how did you get engaged in the type of work that you do today? I know it has to do with your major, but how exactly did you make that jump? When you are running a marketing team and you are building up marketing programs from scratch, that's everything from social media to websites, influencer marketing, advertising. I had the luxury of being able to build up all those different kinds of programs in my earlier career. But that experience made me realize that not only was I good at doing that kind of work, but that I wanted to take that beyond one single company and bring that to many different brands. So as I was going to grad school, I was really thinking about transitioning to either agency side or potentially even a really large corporation where you can work on many different brands. I didn't know exactly what that next step was going to look like, but I happened to luck into being recruited by a person who's now my mentor. And uh, he was in the consulting space and he was really doing this work on a day-to-day basis. And for me, it was a great learning experience, but it also showed me that it was a really viable 
business and approach to take. And I didn't mention this before, but I was also able to teach at the City College of New York for five or six years as an adjunct lecturer and one year at Columbia as a faculty lecturer. And so taking all of the experience that I had in a classroom, plus my learnings from graduate school and the academic frameworks into a classroom for students, it really taught me what really matters to me. And that really is this idea of taking a very business goals oriented approach to marketing and really base that in great data and metrics. So taking all of those different elements together, it really informed what I wanted to do with my work now, which is, again, having an agency that is business goals oriented, is metrics driven, and takes a very fundamentally rigorous approach to marketing. So in a lot of your answers, you kind of touch upon networking. Would you have any recommendations for current students on how to network to success? Yeah, I think that networks are extremely important. That's actually one thing that I've always talked to my students about over the years is that you should not be afraid to ask for informational interviews. Sometimes the the broader networking, you know, where you go to an event and you have coffee or something in your hand and you're walking around and saying hello to strangers can feel really awkward. But if you do work on informational interviews, what you're basically doing is contacting people that you know, asking them to introduce you to other people in their network whom they believe can help you to learn more about that network. And then spending maybe 15 to 30 minutes talking to that person, either on the phone or in person, over coffee, whatever, about their careers, learning about what it is that got them to where they got so that you can better understand what are the skill sets that they believe you should hone or that you should be leveraging in order to get into that career path. For me, that's the process that I underwent as I was finishing up grad school, where I started talking to people and asking them to introduce me to someone else and then them, that new person introducing me to someone else. Every time I would ask each person to introduce me to two, three other people. And in that way, I was able to network about eight levels out, which is a lot of people that I was able to speak with. And those connections directly impacted my career. Not only did I make a connection with the person who gave me that experience as a consultant and, again, is a friend and mentor now, but I was also able to make connections with people who have given me opportunities as a guest writer, helping me get published in the marketing space, helping me make business connections. And that's a really great way to network in a lower pressure way. I tell people that I... I'm a relatively extroverted person. I'm good with new people, but even I find it awkward to walk into a room and just walk up to strangers and say hello. So I think that informational interviews can be a good directed way to leverage your network. And then outside of that, I think it's really about finding people who can inform you about areas of your discipline that you don't necessarily know about. So again, I had been on the brand side for many years and I wanted to get into a different part of marketing. So I asked people to introduce me to contacts that they had who worked in other areas that I didn't have as much experience with so that I could see were those areas ones that I wanted to explore, whether that's consumer packaged goods, CPG, or PR firms, or digital creative firms. I talked to a lot of people in a lot of other spaces in the marketing field to better understand what it is that mattered to them so that I could understand what would be a good fit for me. Sandy, you have had the pleasure of teaching in the the classroom. 
What, what did you do to prepare for that first time? Because I know when I first started teaching, it was a little overwhelming to think that I actually felt like I had a lot of content and knowledge to provide to this group of graduate students. How did you prepare for that? And what's it like now, having done it for a number of years? I was very lucky in some ways, or maybe just young and naive in some ways, to have come to teaching graduate students not too long after I had been a graduate student myself. And because I was a graduate student who went to Columbia a number of years into my career, right, I I think that that's somewhat different than going directly after undergraduate. Your mentality is a little bit different. I went to an executive program where all the graduate students who were in courses with me were also people who had a lot of experience under their belt, who were really coming to the classroom with a lot of knowledge and a lot to offer. So it meant that we took our education really seriously because we were coming with the rigor of again, having worked in the the field. So that was great because it it meant that I was challenged by a lot of other people who were really smart. Coming to the classroom and designing a curriculum from scratch, having just had that experience, essentially about a year prior to that, meant that I was really designing with my fellow classmates in mind. And again, I had to design an entire curriculum from scratch. I had a course description. I had a couple of suggested readings from the program director. But she said, you know, make this the course that you want to teach. So I designed it to be the course that I would have wanted to take. And the good thing about that is that I've gotten great feedback over the years from my students that it's a course that is really structured, that it's really detailed, that they learned a lot from it because I really designed it from that point of view of if I was in the student seat, what would I want? I would want a lot of structure. I would want a lot of lead time. I would want a really clear narrative. I would want clear takeaways. I would want additional resources. I really thought about all the things that I would have wanted in that situation. And then I designed that course. And for me, it was really rewarding. Not every student likes some of the format of it, but again, the vast majority of them have given me great feedback over the years. And I'm lucky to, again, have really great relationships with my graduate students. One of them is even one of my interns currently. So, you know, over the years, I think that it's it's given me a platform to make some great connections. Cool. So could you just run us through a normal day in your job? Sure. I'm sure that most people will tell you that if you are a consultant, every day is a little bit different. But I would say that the vast majority of my days consist of a couple of things. One is speaking to my clients about their business challenges, their current marketing needs, and the immediate things that they might be working on in the digital marketing space. Again, digital marketing consists mostly of content marketing, website, email, social media marketing, influencer outreach, paid advertising. So we would talk through their different challenges, current projects, campaigns, needs, things like that. I spend a lot of my day on calls with clients and the other half of my day is running my team. So working with them on servicing clients, designing different pieces for our clients, developing campaign ideas, and making sure that we're on the same page again, trying to achieve those specific marketing goals. We also spend a lot of time in analysis. So looking over all of the data and the results of different programs and figuring out what worked, what didn't, what should we tweak, what should we add to, et cetera, et cetera. And each day is, again, a little bit different because we always have different kinds of clients, but that's the vast majority of the time. And then, of course, we also spend a lot of time writing strategies and developing recommendations for our clients. So I do a lot of writing 
writing and thinking and research to develop all those different strategies. And some days I am also in front of the clients, either teaching them skills in workshops or presenting to them specific findings and recommendations. That's pretty broad. It's amazing the quality and the quantity, the type of work that you do. So if I were to be a future client, where do you think is your sweet spot as it relates to clients? Is it more products, people, little of both? And how have you developed that niche for yourself as it relates to the marketing? Our sweet spot, and again, maybe this is because of my teaching experience, maybe this is just my personality, but I think is that we are really grounded in the research, not only the analytics from our clients and the data that they have available, but we do a lot of third-party research. We do a lot of academic research on the industry and understanding their specific audience and their specific industry so that we can give them the best marketing recommendations possible. I think that you'll find that in the very broad marketing space, so that includes everything from creative agencies and PR, et cetera, et cetera, there are a lot of agencies that come to you with what I call kind of sexy, fun ideas. You know, they've got a really cool campaign concept. But oftentimes the the question that I ask is to what end? If it is a set of marketing recommendations that does not change the mind of your audience, your consumer, your customer, and make them want to buy your product, then it doesn't really matter, right? You can have a really cool campaign that's fun to watch, but if at the end of that commercial or that video or whatever, you don't say to yourself, I'm interested in that brand. If you don't have that kind of a reaction, then the marketing itself isn't effective. And so I think that our strong suit is really focusing on understanding that consumer, understanding that audience, and really focusing on the information that helps you to make a really smart marketing decision. So when you go about making this into a reality, what kind of technology do you use? In terms of research, we use a whole suite of different tools. So that is competitive social listening tools. So understanding what is the social media chatter around a different brand. We use a lot of tools that pull together the actual content marketing around different brands. So that's, it could be the content on their websites. It could be the content from their YouTube channels, et cetera. We use a lot of different tools to pull that together. And then we use a lot of um, databases to actually go out and research the industry and pull together the information that's already existing out there. For students who might be listening, they can actually access a lot of these similar tools directly through the NYU library, which I think is a great experience. If you are interested in a specific brand and you're, you know, aiming to someday be recruited by them, I mean, I would say go out there and actually look up the amazing academic resources that are already available about that particular industry. If you read up about a particular industry, you can actually become a a really invaluable resource to a company and really demonstrate your own skill set in that space. Again, we use a lot of different tools that I think really span many different aspects, and it really depends on our specific client. Some of it is even just really basic in terms of Google Alerts and Google Trends, which gives you a better sense of what's happening around specific keywords. So every client is a little bit different, but we try to gather as much information as possible before we get into the work. Santi, what made you decide to go out on your own and what should a budding entrepreneur who's working for a corporation, either small or large, think about before they decide to venture out onto their own? 
I think that I got the confidence to go out on my own because my parents own their own business. They are attorneys and they started their own law firm probably around the time that I was about seven or eight. And so I think that when you see other people do it, you think to yourself, well, I can do that too. The truth is, in some ways, I fell into entrepreneurship because as I was working with my mentor in the consulting field, it actually made more sense for me to go out on my own so that I could develop a business that applied some of the additional execution work that his business did not. So they really focus only on the consulting side. We as an agency are more full service. So we actually run people's social media campaigns. We create their content. We place their advertising. Those are things that, again, my mentor's company didn't do. And so for me, this made more sense to have a company that was capable of supplying those different disciplines. I think that the thing that I would tell people, though, is that being an entrepreneur is having 17 jobs in order to do the one you want to do. So you have to be really thoughtful about whether or not this is what you want out of your career. For me, I'm a pretty versatile person who likes new challenges, who likes every day to be a little bit different, and who likes control over many different areas. So the good thing about being your own boss is, of course, you make all the decisions. The bad thing about being your own boss is you have to make all the decisions. So you know, you have to decide, is this right for me? If you want to be an entrepreneur, I would recommend that you find roles in your career that give you a lot of responsibilities. The more responsibilities you take on, the more you will be prepared to be an entrepreneur because the vast majority of your day is grappling with new problems and being responsible. The check at the end of the list for everything that happens within your business. So again, I was really lucky that the first job that I had right out of undergrad at NYU was a role where they had a really small marketing department and they couldn't expand unless somebody took on these responsibilities. So I, you know, started developing an entire blog. Then I was able to develop a podcast. Then I was able to develop a video program. Then I was able to develop an influencer program. Then I was able to develop, you know, the next thing after that. So in that situation, because I was able to keep taking on new responsibilities, it gave me that skill set of understanding how to keep taking on new challenges and to be versatile and to also run a team. So bearing in mind your great achievements, which you've told us in great detail, and I'm so excited to hear about it. Could you tell us one shining, memorable moment that you've had in the field that you're currently working in? I've had a lot of fantastic moments. I think that the one that would stand out for me in the past year would be that I've been doing a lot of speaking over the last couple of years for different industry events as well as within the marketing industry for different companies to educate their teams about the different disciplines of marketing that I focus on. But I was really lucky to be a featured keynote speaker at Social Fresh this past December. And I was on the main stage, you know, hundreds of people, really huge stage. And after I got off the stage, I went backstage to the green room. And the speaker right after me is, uh, was Chris Brogan, who's a, a really big name in the marketing field in general. So I don't know Chris well personally, but we've met a few times, but I know him by reputation. He's, again, someone who's really influential. And I get into the green room and he says to me, Wow, I really admire you. You are a fantastic speaker. I'm so impressed. And then he tweeted about how 
he said, you know, like, Zanti is my new hero. And I was like, wow, for someone who I respect and who's so huge in this industry to say that about me makes me feel like I have made a real impact on that stage to really educate people. And that was very exciting for me. Congratulations. It's nice to hear people admire the work that you do and in such on a big stage like that. So that's phenomenal. I'm going to transition to shout out time. Santi, you must have some RAs that you stay in contact with. Who are they? And now's the time to give them kudos. Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned earlier, two of my closest friends are RAs who I had relationships with at NYU because they were on my staff. They would be Brian Sedonis and Rob Byrne. And Rob and I were both also on IRHC together. He was my mentee there. And so it was really lucky that we got to be on an RA staff together. But they're still two of my closest friends and we see each other a lot and still keep in touch. Well, and hopefully you'll see each other at the first annual Third North alumni event on Saturday, June 1st from 4 to 6 p.m. So I'm doing that shout out to all of the RAs and IRHC or Hall Council members from Third North. So if you have an RSVP, Zanti, and all your friends, now is the time to do it. That's amazing. And now we'll move on to the speed round. So if you're ready, what was your favorite tradition at NYU? Tom, you will like this. One of my favorite traditions was Ultraviolet Live, not only because I was part of the inaugural team that put it on, but then I was able to run it as a programming chair of IRHC the second year, during which one of our contestants was, of course, Lady Gaga, who, interestingly enough, Lady Gaga... After I graduated from college, I had a roommate who turned out to be Lady Gaga's boyfriend. So for about two and a half years, she lived in and out of my apartment. And it was a really fun coincidence. That's amazing. I did not know that that part of the story. Wow. (laughs) We won't go into questions about that, but sometime offline, we'll have to talk about that. For sure. Favorite NYU professor? I had so many great professors. I would say that one that stood out to me just as a really interesting learning experience was one of my French professors. Azia Jabbar was my professor for Francophone literature, which is such an interesting area because it's all of the literature written in French outside of France. So really helping you to expand your mindset about what French literature is, so to speak. And of course, she was then one of the immortals, part of the actual French Institute, and just such a wonderful and incredible character. She passed away a few years ago, but I I was really honored to learn from her, somebody who's so respected in her field. Cool. What would you say is the best dining hall? Oh my gosh. I think that for me, the best dining hall was probably Palladium. I'm sorry, Third North, but that's just (laughs) not as good a dining hall. Still the case. (laughs) No, still the case. A Broadway show you went to see as a student. Oh, my gosh. I saw a ton of Broadway shows as a student, and I was lucky that Stern actually took us to quite a few shows. One that I really enjoyed seeing in person was Hairspray. I think that I saw it when Zac Efron was actually, like, in the cast way before he was, like, famous, famous. And finally, what was your most memorable RA experience? Actually, one of my favorite RA experiences was my first year as an RA. I, as all RAs do, plan all sorts of outings, right? So I planned this like special Brooklyn day for my students and 
I think in the end, only three or four students ended up going with me. But it was such a fun experience because for all of them, it was their first time to Brooklyn. We went to Havana Central and we had like uh, roasted corn and we did all these things. And at the time, it felt like we had gone so far out into the middle of Brooklyn and and it felt like a real adventure. Right. And then many years later, I ended up living not too far from there. And I thought to myself, boy, this is not nearly as far as I thought it was at the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely crazy because I'm actually an RA in one of the Brooklyn halls now. So we have a bunch of students that still haven't been there, but it's our mission to get them out there. (laughs) Get them to Brooklyn. Absolutely. Brooklyn's the best. Yes, Zanti, thank you so much for spending some time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you. As always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who are living the dream school alumni version life. Zanti, you are incredible. You know, I remember you from the days of RA Council and before that IRHC, and I knew that that spark in you was going to do some wonderful things. So congratulations for really making a mark in your profession and why you is very proud to have you and call you as a distinguished alum. Thanks for being on tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Absolutely. I also want to give special thanks to my engineer tonight, Juliana Fonseco Alesso, who's doing all of this editing from Paris, where she is studying away this semester, and to the current professional staff and the alums, like the wonderful Sarah Blyberg-Klein and Lisa Schell, for being great advocates for our student leaders back in the day. If you like tonight's show, look for more content on the website. And if you want to know Ari's favorite books, I still read them at whattheyreading.blogspot.com. Until next time, find the passion in your heart and then go and live it and inspire others. Have a great night.